All right, welcome back to Church Jams Now. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Volume seven, seven. Volume seven. That's right. Seven. Lucky number seven. We've done six of these, and now we're on volume seven. I am one of your co-hosts, Kylan Savage. I'm your other co-host, T.J. Smith. If this sounds super rehearsed, that's because we did this whole intro, and I messed up my recording. And we are pleased as punch to get to do it again for all of you at home. That's right. For those of y'all that haven't listened before, welcome. Welcome jammers, right? Is that jammers. what we're calling people that listen? We're the, the jammer community. That's right. They in the jam squad. So basically what this is, TJ and I are two former youth group kids and current music nerds. Nerd? Who do a deep dive, if you will, on Christian music albums of the 90s and 2000s. All kinds, you know, from DC Talk. Wait, what, what did I say on our Facebook page? From Audio Adrenaline to Zow. Zow. That's right, A to Z. A to Z, man. We do all of it. That was good. All from like 1990 to... The nebulous... 2005, that's when I stopped listening to music. Nebulous naughties and teens and who knows. So, welcome. I already did this before, so (laughs) it hurts me to do it again, but I just want to apologize. (laughs) No, for real. Um, For those of y'all that have been listening, you may... you, You may... Goodness, my Texas is coming out. You may have noticed. You may have noticed. Uh, um, you might have noticed that we didn't release an episode last week. Indeed. Because uh, I had a terrible week. Yes. And sometimes life gets in the way, and I was feeling really bad about it. But TJ, yep. you and our super producer, Josh, extended me a lot of grace. Because, you know, this is our thing, right? And we make the rules. Yeah. We do make the rules, and so you guys kind of let me know that, like, hey, you know, take care of all your shit, and and we'll figure out this podcast. Yeah, just like I said the first time we did this, uh, the stakes on this podcast are lower than whose line is it anyway, where the points don't matter, and it's all made up. That's very true. But all of that, we just want to say thank you guys for sticking with us. Yes. And we apologize for missing last week, but hopefully that won't happen again. Knock on wood. And now that we got that out of the way, uh, what are we talking about this week, man? Man, we're going to let off some steam from that rough week week you mentioned, Kylan, with some metal. Metal, 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 metal. Hell yeah. And I'm stoked. I am so stoked, man. So I have been firmly planted in 90s CCM world in terms of this podcast, kind of what my expectations have been. And then we're trying to figure out what's like something we can do that's a maybe a little bit of a shorter episode. Yep. Because our episodes do tend to run a little long. We were trying to figure out how we could work it into our schedules and stuff. And you suggested something. The unsung EP. Oh my God, by the chariot. I by the chariot. was so excited when you said that. I hadn't even thought about covering this album. Yeah. For the podcast. Yeah. It was funny, you were throwing out, I think you threw out like a DC Talk mm-hmm. EP, right, and a couple others, and, and they're all good, you know, hopefully we'll get to them, but I just felt like we needed to throw a curveball in our episode arc. Yes, for sure. And just yeah. get a little weird, why not? I love it, man, because this goes like back to my roots. Yeah. This is like when I first started really getting into music. Yeah. It was all about like the Christian metal core. Because it's edgy, and, right? That That's true. And I know, like, eventually I think we will probably cover, like, Under Oath. They're only chasing safety. Right. You know, we'll, we'll cover probably more of those, like, Tooth and Nail and Solid State bands. Yep. But, yeah, this one just, like, brought back a lot of memories. Yeah. 
When did this come out? This came out in 2005, right? Uh, I believe so. Let yeah, because it was right after their first album. Correct, which that was 2004, I Four, think. Four, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the fiance was... 07? 07. Yeah. So yes, this was 05. Yep. Sweet. Yeah, and and I, I thought this might be fun too because it's a curveball, like uh, genre-wise. I thought it might be fun as a way of like dipping our toes into that metal world yeah in like christian music it's not it's not a you know big old giant album it's just an ep um but it still gets our feet firmly planted in the kind of hardcore metal yeah world getting ready to wash man yeah man i've been listening to this and then it got me stoked listening to like he is legend oh and august burns red and norma jean like all that yep so okay that's what's funny I know we'll kind of talk about, okay, yeah, maybe let's talk about the history of the band a little bit, and then I can get into some of my more anecdotal kind of stuff about it. For sure. So to me, it all starts with Josh Scoggin. For sure. I don't know about you, but that's kind of like my reference point. Well, I mean, he's like, I mean, he basically is the band. Correct. You know, like, they just went through so many lineup changes. So many. That he was sort of like the anchor of that. Yep. Yeah, there's like there's like 13 people <laughs> online mm-hmm. listed as like mm-hmm. past members. And you know what? On Wikipedia, he's the only one that has a clickable link. Oh, ouch. Ouch everybody else. Well, no, I don't mean that. I just oh. <laughs> I just noticed that. Hey, I don't have a clickable link for my I don't even have a Wikipedia page, so Uh my high At least they're on a Wikipedia page. My high page. school band, I think is like part of a Wikipedia page. Oh, you fancy. Uh, hold on, let me see. Oh, I might have got deleted, but I think it was just like a random person had done it. Thanks, random person. Way to inflate Kylan's ego a little bit. Okay, no, I can't find it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> just no, kidding. Forget it. Forget it. That was a that was a tangent that went nowhere. Anyway, Josh Scoggin. Yeah, so Josh, Josh Scoggin, Josh Scoggin. I don't, man, I don't even know. I say Scoggin. You say Scoggin. Yeah, let's just keep saying it differently. I, I say tomato. You say tomato. Mm-hmm. Let's call the whole thing off. You say chariot. I say chariot. <laughs> well, you'd just be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe Josh Scogan is thinking that about Pronounces you. Pronounces it chariot. Like, it's Josh. Josh. <laughs> well, thank you for coming. We are the chariot. <laughs> what did he say? What the who? Hello. My name is Josh Scogan, <laughs> lead vocalist of the chariot. I don't know. Maybe I thought I'm looking at it now and it's just one G. Maybe I thought it was it's a one double G. G. Right. Right. But now it's just stuck in my brain that way. So sorry. Sorry, Josh. That's fine. I'm just going to keep calling him the chariot. <laughs> Perfect. So he started a band called uh, Ludacris. Ludacris. Y'all are all yes. familiar with Ludacris, right? Yes. Want to get nasty. That's not a Ludacris <laughs> song. That's not any song. That's not a song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. No, this band was spelled L-U-T-I-K-R-I-S-S. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's right. But they stopped because of the other ludicrous, right? Right. I th- and I don't know, like, maybe listeners can fill us in. We've we've had a, a tiny bit of, of feedback from folks that have listened to help correct all of our silly things that we say or all of our, like, questions that we ask that we never answer. So if you're out there listening right now and you know the beef with this, we want to know. Tell us. But what we know is that at some point, because ludicrous already existed... I'm looking this up, and he was around from 98 as as Ludacris. So um, since he already existed, they figured out, okay, we got to change our name. 
But let us know, listeners, if you if you got the story, we want to hear it. Yeah, because if he already existed, and then, like, why did it take him that long to to realize? They're just goofballs that don't pay attention. I mean, they're they're all from Georgia though, too. True, that's the that thing. Is true. Yeah, they're all from Georgia. But anyway, Josh Scogan, uh, then started. Did he start? Yeah, he started Norma Jean. Yes. And they so ludicrous. They changed their name to Norma Jean, which is the the actual name of Marilyn Monroe. Um, Norma Jean Baker, not not the stage name, the real name. Yeah, and then he was with them for I think just one album. Yeah, just the first one that Bless the Martyr, which mm-hmm. is so good. We'll have to talk about that at some point. Yes, I'm sure because we'll that one back. has got the song with uh, Aaron Weiss from Me Without You. Oh, you mean Aaron Weiss? Oh my god. <laughs> I'm just yanking your chain. Welcome to volume seven of not knowing <laughs> how to say anyone's name. It's the fun of podcasts, man. TJ like and Kyle. Saying something and hoping you're not wrong. Um, yeah, yeah. No, that album was was a lot of fun yep. for a lot of reasons, but um, I'm sure we'll circle back to that. But yeah, then, it, you know, he formed a band, got bored with the name, so he changed the name. Then he got bored with that band and then left and started another band called The Chariot. The Chariot, <laughs> which was based on Bible stories. Yeah, Elijah. I think the, the story yep. is Elijah and the, the fiery chariot. You know, of all the Elijah stories, I don't think that's the only one that would make a good band name because there's also the one where he had the she-bears come and attack children for making fun of him for being bald. Yeah, right. You know that story? Everyone knows so that like, one. It's a classic. <laughs> It's a classic. A timeless tale. Yeah. So, I mean, alternative chariot band names, She-Bear, Cursed Children. <laughs> the Massacre. Don't f*** with Elijah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I actually don't f*** with Elijah. I kind of really like. Yeah, that's pretty good. I might save that for something. <laughs> yeah. Don't steal that, listeners. And the uh, freshman album would be called... It don't profit to mess with a prophet. Ooh, that's so good. Mm-hmm. That's why we're best friends, man. <laughs> just Be- like because you call female bears <laughs> she bears. Well, that's what it said. <laughs> Is that literally what it says? I th- in in like a specific translation of the Bible, <laughs> it says she bears. Yeah. Is that that KJV? Probably <laughs> that that ESV. Which one? You, which one you referring to? Uh, it's the the message, <laughs> of course. The message is just like, man, these bears. <laughs> oh that's dogs man oh uh, yeah okay and then god was so, like nah homie i got you <laughs> she bears oh <laughs> uh, this is this is taking a dark turn it's getting weird hey it's appropriate this is our first metal episode well, exactly and i'm standing up again remember last time i talked about this like the first couple episodes i, I sat down and now i'm standing up yeah so you, you you just got tons of energy it brings a different vibe man yeah you like you like Josh Scogan, Sk- Skog Scogan, Skogan, Skogan, running around the stage. Except for you're yeah. in your room in front of a mic alone. Yeah, same energy though, same energy. For sure, the same energy. So, so the unsung EP that we're talking about today is this little six song offering from the Chariot in between album one and album two. Everything is alive, everything is breathing, nothing is dead, nothing is bleeding. Okay, can I talk about that album for like just a second? And the fiance. Talk about it. Um, I hate that album. Really? I really do. I was unaware of it 
For a really? long time. For a long time, yeah. Okay, so I was introduced to them through that album, and I was into a lot of that kind of music for a while. Like, right. A lot of that heavier stuff, like As Blood Runs Black and... and Norma Jean? I guess to an extent, like, yeah, Norma Jean, As I Lay Dying, stuff like that. But that album is just so rough mm-hmm. production-wise, which is kind of their whole thing. It's right. just like... But... It's just so noisy and chaotic. Mm-hmm. I used to always make a really shitty, pretentious joke, like a like a really terrible pretentious joke, <laughs> of saying my biggest musical inspiration was the Chariot, because if they could be successful coming out with an album that terrible, then <laughs> I should be okay. <laughs> Woo! Shots fired. Yeah, I know, but they're like okay. So this is weird, but the Chariots always kind of been like a guilty pleasure band yeah, for me. Right. Because, and I say this because, and TJ, you know this, like I'm pretty unabashed with my musical tastes. Right. Like I still think that Him by Kesha was like the best album of 2018. You do think that, don't you? I do. I mean, I agree. And then, like, Lemonade by Beyonce was the best album of that year. Well, yeah. I love um, Aquarium by the band Aqua mm. that had Barbie Girl mm-hmm. on it. That entire album from 1997 is fantastic. You, are you just calling it a bop? It is a bop. Okay. Unabashedly a bop. Okay. So, yeah, I'm I'm pretty much just, like, like what I like. Yep. And I don't really care what, what anyone thinks about it. But The Chariot has always kind of, I think... Because that first album I disliked so much, mm. I think I I always felt a little guilty. Yeah, like really digging the chariot. Mm, I see. Were you like embarrassed or just like I don't know, like not embarrassed per se, but they were one of those bands that like. Well, one, they're one of those bands that are way better live, completely, than on the record. Yeah, totally agree. And and I think I think we should probably talk about that to a certain extent, like for sure with these bands a lot of them just sound kind of similar it's like just very chaotic Mm -hmm. it's hard to kind of latch on to specific things within the albums yeah but seeing them live like there there's a whole vibe like honestly this genre of music should be perfect for me as the resident vibe guy right because these are just total vibe they are vibes listens and you you're either into it or you're not true and i don't know i don't know if it was because like because I sort of had my my little section of like metal friends, and then I had my section of like other friends. Mm-hmm. Like all of the girls that I've dated, we're never gonna just like jam to the chariot in the car. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always just it's always been, like metal in general has always been this sort of like separated right part of my musical interests in my life right to a certain extent so they were like the others and then all your metal friends were like the survivors on the island yes got it exactly (laughs) (laughs) no i i get it like i definitely had my my season of like so when when i first heard this ep i was like this is amazing what is this noise? Like, how can how can this be a band? Just like you said, you know, that was my experience kind of going into it. Um, I mean, at first I was terrified of it. Like I talked about on the... Were you petrified? Skillet episode. <laughs> I, um, I, 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 yeah, I was like, yeah, it was like something was awakening in me and I was like, uh-oh. But I was, but I, at that point, you know, this is later. And so I was like, 
more comfortable with with having a diverse interest in music, like having a lot of genres that I was into. Um, and I didn't hear that first album right. from them. I I only my introduction to them was this EP, and then I kind of enjoyed the fiance after that, and and then I kind of fell off. I like just paid less attention to them. Yeah, same here. They're one of those though, kind of like Skillet. Like I'm not crazy familiar with their discography mm-hmm. because like to a certain extent, mm-hmm. especially with this genre in general a lot of the songs just kind of sound the same. And I think it is more about the live experience than, than the record. And we'll talk about it in part two, but there's not a lot that stands out in each record. Right. Right. Um, but it does just get you pumped up in a certain way. And it makes me like, it takes me back to like certain terrible warehouse venues and like being sweaty and getting punched in the face and <laughs> everything's real dark things like yeah you know bodies just flying around but here's the thing i cannot tell you the name without looking it up i cannot tell you the name of a single chariot song hmm okay yeah with the ex- with the exception of david de la Haas, right because that has listener that is dan smith from listener doing vocals on it and i love that right and that's a that's a relatively simple title which okay that's another thing i want to talk about um the song titles on this record are very much of the time oh man and i think that's why i was able to give this a chance mm-hmm. and and maybe what helped me dip my toes into the metal world in a way that their first album wouldn't have. Like if I had come across that first album, I think I would have been completely turned off. Right. But because of the like the cleverness of these titles and just the off the wall kind of bonkers nature of them, I was just like, this is fun. Let's let's see what this is about, you know? Well, so it's really funny though. I was reading actually that first album, Everything is Alive, Everything is Breathing, Nothing is Dead and Nothing is Bleeding. Mm-hmm. Um is actually like a satire, like making fun of Yeah. A lot of the sort of overwrought, flowery, super long titles of those types of bands at that time, which is pretty funny. And yeah, and, that are kind of like hyperbolically like dark. Right. But I didn't realize that at the time. Right. And looking back on it now, I'm I'm a little more on board. You're like, OK, I, I understand yeah. this now. Yeah. Yeah. See what you're doing there. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just let's just go down the track list, because I think I think like people need to if, if they if they're not familiar with the EP. I, I feel like people need to experience it all at once. Like you do when you first get like a physical copy of an EPR album and you just read the track list. Yeah. Do you want to do the honors? Actually, we can go maybe track by track. Okay. So the first track is called Yanni Depp. I love it. I love it so Yanni much. Yanni Depp. Right? That's so funny. <laughs> um, track two is Phil Cosby. Controversy acknowledged. This was this was 2005. People just mm-hmm. Phil Cosby, and then in parentheses, before there was Atlanta, there was Douglasville. Which two things? Douglasville is where they were from, and before there was Atlanta, there was Douglasville. Was actually they re-recorded a track from their first album. A couple of these are actually re-recordings of songs from their first record. Which I wanted to ask you: Have you ever done anything like that? I I have not. Okay, I have. Really? Uh, yeah, I have a couple songs on The Truth About Movie Stars, my old band. My old band. Uh, we had a couple songs that I had recorded on a couple different albums, and then a few years later, kind of reworked them because I still thought that they were really solid songs and didn't get mm. the due 
that they were deserved mm-hmm. and re-recorded them and kind of renamed them too. Hmm. Um, That's interesting. So I, I feel like not enough bands do that. That's funny because I actually was going to ask you about this because I, I had read that too about these being you know, redone or re-released tracks with different names. Mm-hmm. And my initial thought on that, like recently reading that was like, that's lazy. That was my thought. Really? Yeah. That was how it, it like hit me. Interesting. But, but I think that might be because the way I'm interpreting it is like, essentially they just like slapped the majority of the same exact track on another disc and, and called it a different song. Do you see what I mean? Well, but what I, you're describing, I think, is like, yeah. as an artist, you like you created something and you love it and you see its potential. Right. And and you wanted it to be realized in a way that it wasn't the first time it was recorded. And I respect that. I appreciate exactly. that. Exactly. I, I think it's weirdly a really smart thing that not enough bands do. I think mm. having the EP bridge between first and second albums, mm. because, you know, everyone talks about sophomore slump. Right. Um, because essentially what happens is your first album you know, these are all these songs that you've been working on as a band for years and you've got them really tight. You've got them figured out. Right. And then you have to scramble to figure out the second album. Right. Because you've had years and years to tighten the first album's songs. Right. But I really like the idea of like taking a step in between of having an EP Mm. and doing some new original material and then taking some of the songs that, that you really liked from before that yeah that maybe they just hadn't realized like you hadn't realized their full potential right because maybe you didn't have the skill set or maybe you didn't have the budget or whatever yeah and sort of using it as like a bridge into into a new album i hadn't thought about that that way and i i love that you make that point it helps reframe it for me in a way that hopefully will help me view these songs with with fresh ears yeah sweet coming back into it glad i can help man oh man you're always helping i feel so good i feel like i never make a really good like profound point on this show (laughs) well that's not true (laughs) well yeah but i mean we talked about that on like the the last five iron episode i'm just like check a check a profound point box for kylan on this episode y'all hey i know things check uh so after that we got the song vin affleck (laughs) (laughs) good night my lady and uh forever farewell um, that's another one. Another re re recorded. Yeah, that that yeah, that's another that's another okay. re recorded one. Also, uh, all these songs are so short. Yeah, they are. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Especially after all the like six minute songs that we've been talking yes. about. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, we're ready for a sprint. <laughs> songs like a minute and a half. And then track four, Kenny Gibbler, play the piano like a disease. I love it. I love it. That one's so good. Yeah. And then we got my namesake, Sergeant Savage. Hey-oh. Sergeant Savage, die, in parentheses, die, interviewer, more parentheses, Germanically speaking, and both parentheses. <laughs> you rarely see double parentheses in song titles. Yeah. I got to hand it to them for the unique nature of their song titles here. Yeah. And then track six, I love this one so much, <laughs> Donnie Cash, The Company, the comfort, the grave. So good. Yeah. So, like, what are your first thoughts when you when you see when you see all these together? So, I mean, I just want this to be a show. That's my first thought. I want there to be like this is a a, a deep cut reference here, but there's the community episode. Sorry, spoiler alert for for something in community for a show that's been off the air for 
eight years. Correct. Hey, people are with the you know the streaming services out there in the world. People are just coming into the knowledge of community, and I love it. But yeah, spoiler alert. All right. So if you don't want spoilers, uh, skip ahead two uh, minutes. Eight. Oh, I was gonna say eighteen. <laughs> Yikes! How long do you skip think ahead I'm to the end of the episode? Ta- tangent here. Um, yeah, just, just don't listen to this. Just just, just turn, turn it off it and off. Get and rid of us. No, go listen to this. American. There's Life. an episode. Yeah. There's an episode in. Um, oh gosh, I want to say season three or four where. Um, Abed keeps hiring um, celebrity impersonators, pretty bad ones, uh, and and like racks up a debt yeah. to the the service, and um, and so to to help get him out of trouble, the the study group they all become a celebrity. That the guy that runs the thing, he's like, well, you kind of look like this, you kind of look like that, you could pull this off. Oh yeah. And so they all yeah. like they work a gig as their respective celebrities. And I just want the track list here to be cast. Like I want these characters to exist and they're just really bad versions of whatever the celebrity is. Right. And, and yeah, I would just watch, I would watch like three seasons of that. That's my first thought. Do you have, do you have parallels from the cast of community on if they were oh, man. these track titles? I mean, okay. Can I give you just mine right off the bat? I haven't even thought about this. I'm just looking at it. Sure. Yeah. Um, you've got Abed as Yanni Depp. Okay, good. Tro- Troy as Phil Cosby. Um, Jeff as Vin Affleck. Uh-huh. Annie as Kenny Gibbler. Uh, Britta as... No, no, no. Um, Shirley? Shirley as Sergeant Savage. Uh-huh. And Pierce trying really hard to be <laughs> Donnie Cash. I think that works, man. I'm just going to say, I think Britta needs to be Kenny Gimbler. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, I think you're right. I and right. I, it, there's just, there's not enough tracks. That's the problem. Because I also want right. to see I know. Chang as Donnie Cash. I'm Well, I think Chang, yeah, Chang could be a good I'm Donnie putting Cash. him in there. I like want him there. Well, he can be Josh Scoggin. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Scoggin himself. Oh, that'd be great. Anyway. But the other thing I think when I see these song titles, Kylan, is and I can't explain that beyond what I just did. No, I get it. I love it. I was already jamming out to that. I don't know. I don't even know what that is. I like. I don't know if that's if I'm aping anything on this EP or if it's just like it's just the vibe, man. The kind of like math core. It's the vibe. It's just the vibe. Yeah, because they're listed as mathcore, and I've never had that genre explained to me, to be honest. I don't know if that... Can you do I that wouldn't, I wouldn't me? classify this as mathcore. Mathcore, to me, is a lot more technical. This band is a lot sloppier. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they have the technical prowess, but um, it's a little more punk. Mathcore, I feel like, is like very specifically like changing time signatures and stuff. Mm-hmm. And... and- collectively maybe the band is a little more tight yeah yeah maybe less soulful or less like emotive but more like technically proficient right exactly okay that's that was my impression yeah i had nothing to go on but that was my impression so yeah maybe i don't know listeners mathcore yeah the chariot the chariot the chariot are they mathcore so okay you know i really thought that this first part was going to be really short yeah because our skillet one was really short we're already at 30 minutes man it's true um, a little lengthy. I will say though, I I did want to quickly 
give an impression beyond just the impression that I that I have about this EP and just share a general impression about the chariot. Okay. And it kind of um ties into what you were talking about earlier when you mentioned how this band is is, you know, great live versus recorded. I am trying to remember whether this is something that the chariot did, another band did, or if I just totally made this up in my brain somewhere along the way and I decided it was real. But I have this pretty distinct memory that I want to say happened um, in real life uh, at Cornerstone Festival. Okay. I'm going to say somewhere around 2008 at Cornerstone Festival, which we've mentioned before, listeners, it's basically Christian Woodstock. Um, It doesn't happen anymore and it's a bummer, but it was a, a really cool time to be alive. Um, they played main stage, the chariot, and I don't even know how long into their set it was, but at one point, maybe at the end, Josh is just like running around stage, you know, doing a lot of things that almost look like self-flagellation, to be honest. And then he just like runs up to the drummer, sticks the microphone in the bass drum and begins like punching the the head of the bass drum out so that it's just like an open hole hmm. and then he just sticks his head into the bass drum oh dang okay and keeps like screaming singing whatever he's doing but it was just madness and like there's like the cool stage antics right like umbrella of things to do and then there's like real bad ones right and this to me falls somewhere in the middle where i just like didn't know how to feel yeah. i mostly was just worried about his ears because i'm like that can't be good <laughs> For your hearing, like that guy's, you know, I mean, he was double basing it and like just dang, and I, I was just really concerned for Josh's ears. That's like that. That feels like the the super cleaned up Christian version of like Gigi Allen. Like he's not like cutting himself and <laughs> on stage. Yeah, there's no he's blood. Like, <laughs> but it's but it's still like. But that was like that was the vibe, man. Yeah, that was you know I I don't doubt that that happened. Yeah. It just, it's um, so weird that I think that's why I'm second guessing myself. I'm like, did that, did that really happen? Did I witness that? No, dude, I, I had to choke a guy out and got punched in the face at a chariot show. What? And I like, <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't doubt it. Like those shows were absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah. But more on that story in part two. That's right. So, so let's go listen to this thing, man. Yeah, but I got a question for you first, TJ. Okay, okay, yeah, ask me. Do you think the unsung EP by The Chariot is going to be a flop or a bop? Without saying much more, I'm just going to say that it's going to be a bop EP. Okay, a bop EP. Mm-hmm. I'm into that. That's my prediction. What about you? Okay. Flop or a bop, Colin? Okay, here's my thing. Okay. I think simply because of where in... Our timeline in the Church Jams Now timeline, I think this is going to be a bop. Mm. I think if we had covered any other albums like this, it would be a flop. Does that make sense? So you're allowing so much subjectivity in in your assessment of this EP. Well, that's the whole thing. I mean, what else do I have? It's true. It's a good point. Like, what else do I have? I just have my opinion. I do think I I think it's pretty similar to a lot of stuff. Right. But I think I'm just I'm so. <laughs> excited <laughs> about listening to some like christian hardcore music are you gonna go in the living and, room and like imaginary mosh with people well my baby's asleep so i'm gonna like, hey she can get down well she's sleeping so i'm gonna put my headphones on and just like 
silently. Don't underestimate Willow's ability to mosh. Well, now I'm just doing the twist. That's not even. <laughs> yeah, you're like boogieing <laughs> down. Um, yeah, dude. All right, James Brown. <laughs> I think it's gonna be a bop too. But but does that make sense? Like like what I'm saying? Yeah. Like no, I completely get it. Like I, I think within the context of what we've covered, mm-hmm. totally hundred percent a bop. Cool. But. Like if we had been covering a lot more right. albums of this type from this era, right? I think it it might have fallen short a little bit just because so much of this music is so similar. So it's almost like I'm not saying you're saying this, but it's almost like it's a relative bop here and now for us. Right. Yes. For me, right now, this is a mother flipping bop. <laughs> All right. Well. With that, we'll be back in just a second to discuss the track-by-track breakdown of the unsung EP by The Chariot. On Church Church James now. Stick around. Welcome back to Church Jams Now. If you're wondering why my voice now sounds all sultry and smooth, it is because we are doing this part late night and I'm holding my baby and don't want to wake her up. Are you sure this isn't like a late night jazz radio call-in show? It can be. Welcome to Church Jams Now Late Night with Kyle Savage and Sweet and Low. Sweet and Low. Well, this is definitely not what listeners expected to hear. Coming back from part one. I know. I feel like I was very high energy. Yeah. But you know what? I'm still high energy on the inside. Yes. Kylan, what a 16 minutes. Am I right? Is this only 16 minutes? 16 minutes. And I did the math just really quickly in my head and figured out that it is the length of this EP in minutes is the age of this EP in years. How about that? Wow. You did, yeah. you did some math. I did some math. And that's what listeners are coming here for. That They're coming for here those for those. Sort of like deep connections. Hard and fast that, math skills. That we make. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it is 16 minutes long. It is 16 years old. That, that, that was the part that blew me out of the water, honestly, thinking about like this thing came out. I mean, imagine if we had done this last year. Oh, I and we wouldn't have had up. that joke. I couldn't have delivered that little factoid. For real. Yeah, so it's really funny because when we first decided that we were going to do this, we are like, okay, we don't have a ton of time. I want to do kind of a shorter episode. And then I feel like our first part was it stretched a lot on, man. than they usually are, right? Apparently like we had a lot to talk usually about. like 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And this was like way longer. But it might balance out because I don't I don't know how much I got going on for this section. Oh, I got some tangents, baby. You just Okay, you just good. Get ready. Buckle up, son. I'm I'm all about it. <laughs> well, in the immortal words of Stephen Curtis Chapman, let's dive right in. We're diving in, baby. First track. Yanni Depp. I 
gotta say, I love that drumstick click into the track. Yes. That's classic. I just, sometimes I just really, I'm a sucker for those. It's simple, but it's Mm -hmm. effective. Yeah, for sure. This, uh, this song is just so good. The, do you know what that soundbite is from? The guy that just pops in and says, all we are, are crocodiles. No, I don't. But that's like a, that's another thing that's like, like we were talking about before, like with the long song titles. That's like a very of its time kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like some of those like public domain sound bites. Right. So I'll say what it made me think of this time listening through, which it never did when I listened to this in my youth. We're going to have to go adjacent to Professor Philosopher's Corner. Oh, yeah. To... To, hey, can you say that uh, in like a metal voice? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember the full name of it. What was it? I don't know, dude. Conceptual conceptual corner. That's what it is. Professor Philosopher's Conceptual Corner. Conceptual Corner. Here we go. Welcome to Professor Philosopher's Conceptual Corner. Oh, that's so good. If any of our listeners want to take that soundbite and, <laughs> Put and, it in the and song. add it to like a sick breakdown we'd love it i'd be all about it it. but yeah so we're 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 gonna go professor philosopher's conceptual corner adjacent okay and jump into scientist teaches science corner perfect and talk about the triune brain so it's a it's a fairly well accepted uh science fact that we have like three layers of brain and a lot of people will refer to them as like the lizard brain the monkey brain and the human brain or or some variation on that theme okay and so a lot of people might use the word crocodile and that's the weird tangent that i went down when i heard that sound bite was like oh he like josh is talking about how we're all just lizards running around bumping into each other trying to survive because if you if you dig into the lyrics it actually is a lot about like surviving versus thriving well to that be kind of thing. fair though i feel like there's not a lot of lyrics so it's not you don't have to go too nope. deep to get into that nope but not at all but it's pretty clear yeah exactly but yeah i enjoyed that do you want to read some of your some of your favorite lyrics oh, well i liked the um oh what does he say um drown in ankle deep water you know which again makes sense that a couple times yeah yeah a couple times um i i like the 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 image of a crocodile like in ankle deep water right and because something is wrong with it evolutionarily it (laughs) drowns yeah i like (laughs) that too i love this song dude yeah you a fan of this one it just gets me pumped dude it's a good starter like it like they're right out of the gate high energy yeah i love the guitar on this yes i was just gonna say the guitar especially that like around the that there's like a bluesy breakdown like two-thirds in yeah and it had me doing the like chicken neck head Mm -hmm. bob for sure you know what i'm talking about i do and before that there's like the little kind of tapping thing on the guitar that's like ah. so good. yeah i'm a sucker for tapping super fun 
I mean, if you're showing up for a metal EP, you better be. Exactly. And hey, I mean, we we got to talk about it at some point. We don't have to talk about it right now, but we got to talk about the drums on this record. Oh, man. I mean, as They're like, crazy. you know, you being a drummer, me being a fake drummer. And that's not true. Also, well, I was a drummer. Don't believe him, listeners. In a metal band. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I was really terrible at it. You were not. Yes, I was. I so was. It, it, to be fair, it was a southern metal band. So everything was like really swingy. I can do really swingy yep. because like when I would do double bass, I don't have as much control, but I could swing. I can instead of going, I can do, because my left, my left foot was a lot weaker. And it actually worked. Yeah. I played to my strengths. It was your, it was your stylistic flair. It wasn't a weak foot. That was your creative choice. Yeah. But no, yeah, it, um, the drums are crazy, and they're they're so fun. Um, there's actually further down on the track list. There's a song that I wanted to talk about in in light of the drums. Sweet, but yeah, it was a it's a good starter. It just and again, like we said, this this EP is short, it's so, so that short. song is like I don't know what is it two minutes and forty seconds. Yeah, and the lyrics there are so like short. what? There's like 20 words right like it's not a lot but it's so good pretty straightforward it gets me yeah. like it just reminds me of like just being at a show remember shows i do remember shows listeners do you remember shows i vaguely do yeah but it was getting me real pumped oh oh this is a real funny aside if we're doing tangents which i feel like let's hear we it probably should um, oh yeah so we have a record player in the living room mm-hmm. uh, that also has Bluetooth. And so earlier today when I was uh, listening to this record, mm-hmm. I w- I took the dog outside and I was like <laughs> right around outside and I was playing it like super loud in my headphones and was just like really feeling it. And then all of a sudden it just stopped and I'm looking oh, at my no. phone and I can't figure out what's going on. And then I get a text from it my jumped. wife that she had turned on the record player and was like trying to put the baby down. And oh, I was like going to no. listen to like like some lullabies or something. And then just what Sweet and Low doesn't like metal. She does. Oh, I know she does. <laughs> but freaking the chariot just starts blasting in the living room. Amazing. I know. Sorry. Sorry, Jen. Sorry, Willow. It's just how it goes. <laughs> That's right. At least it wasn't like a gruesome true crime podcast, which it very well could have been. <laughs> that's very true. It's a good point. Yeah. All right. That's all I got Shall for that song. Track two, Phil Cosby. Phil Cosby. So this one is a re-recording of a song okay. from their first record. And this version is so how, much better. Yeah, I was going to say, how different are they? Well, again, I don't, you know, I'm not as familiar with that first one. You should, you should go back and listen to the first one. So the first one is the first track on their first record. 
And speaking of drums, I think that was really the thing that like turned me off on that first record because they did so much of it live. Mm. And the drum intro is just like, wasn't very good. Like he catches up finally, but just like the very beginning when it's like just the drums, like that kick drums just like not on time and it just stresses oh, me no. out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that. I can see why that would kind of take you out of it. Um, yeah. So that being said, this version was so good. Yeah. I like the, I think it's like one of the first lyrics. This ain't my first rodeo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just to get that into a song. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I feel like it works, you know, like in the metal context, you can kind of get away with some stuff that in maybe another song might be a little cheese ball. Yeah. It's almost like because it's thrown into this really crazy, chaotic, heavy genre, you can like get away with some, with some stuff that's right. a little more silly, maybe a little more tongue in cheek. For sure. That being said though, I think, you know, since there, there's not a lot of lyrics on each song right um but i think compared to yanni depp like like this song doesn't really even say anything right right well he says like this ain't my first rodeo and then he talks about marching every step toward the grave but it's like i i even after all of that i'm like i don't really know what you're getting at Right. To your point that it doesn't say much. It's like he says some stuff, but I don't know what he's getting at exactly. Right. But also this song has the lyrics that they got the it the title. The title of from. the EP, yeah. Which which I guess is maybe the point that like it if you know if the song is unsung, maybe he's trying to convey that idea of like not nothing's getting through like mm-hmm. people aren't really hearing what i'm saying so there's not much to say because no one can hear it yeah but i i do like that line that he has the you have a song unsung i sing my song falling on deaf ears mm-hmm. that's that's pretty good lyricism it is it's pretty good it's very succinct very simple but it's yeah. good um do you have anything musically about this i like the fact that it goes from that it has that guitar line that it's like fast drums Mm -hmm. and then it goes to halftime yes and then it just stops and goes to the breakdown yep and that progression it's very it is in that in the vein of like southern metal it feels Mm -hmm. very in that genre and it and it it works for me personally that that progression of like fast and then the breakdown yep where you you don't think it can get any slower and then and then it, it does. does yeah i'm into it so there's a couple of those pinch harmonics in this song too yes i love it it's very so nice. good very fun. i wonder i wonder if people that like this episode in particular i wonder if people that are not into this kind of music Mm-hmm. We'll give this album a chance. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Or if it's, or because I mean, they are the chariot. Definitely is like an acquired taste. I feel like for sure they're they're out there. One hundred percent. I feel like even they would agree with that. Like, yeah. 
stylistically they're very specific but, but and there's definitely but if you're gonna this isn't like an album where there's like something for everybody <laughs> nope but definitely not but, but if you're hey, gonna give it, it a shot it it might as well be a 16 minute that's long that's what i was gonna say yeah right so yeah maybe if you've never given metal or hardcore a chance put on the unsung ep see what you think yeah uh that's all i had for that same track three track three vin affleck vinny parentheses good night my lady end of forever farewell I thought uh, throughout this song there was a good bit of um, there was a good u- utilization of stereo mixing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of that, like kind of the back backing screaming vocals, are popping up left and right. Yep. So it gives a good stereo image, which is a lot of fun if you're a you know audio nerd. Oh, um, for sure. And well, then the also too pitched rhythm and lead guitar are like are like jumping between left and right as well which i thought yeah. was cool. Yeah. Well, i think this is the first like when they first started working with Matt Goldman. Right. Um which, you know, i think the best like Matt Goldman produced album is Define the Great Line by Under Oath. Yeah. And and he's got his fingerprints on a lot of stuff. Mhm. By the way, folks. So you'll hear that name again. Yeah, he's like the metal version of uh, Steve Taylor. Steve Taylor, <laughs> like, <laughs> metal. We'll call him Metal Steve metal from now Steve, on. Metal Steve, yeah. Matt <laughs> Goldman, aka Metal Steve. <laughs> yeah, he had, he probably had a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. I think I think he could probably see like the the diamond in the rough from like that first record. Right. And, he coaxed it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I got a question for you about this one, Kyle. Okay. Do you think he's talking about his own funeral? Huh. Probably. So he says, uh, situated just below the ground, uh-huh. throw your roses, throw your tears. And then toward the end, he says, make yours just like mine. Like your life, maybe? Like well, yeah, but I mean, like I mean, he says it all in the first lyrics, though, too. This horseless yeah. carriage takes me home right. and my hands remain folded. I mean, that's a hearse. Right. And takes him home. His hands are folded. He's dead. Yeah, for sure. And then at the very end, he says, if we don't meet this side of heaven, make sure you're right. Ooh. Oof. A little judgy, but that's okay. They're on some shade there, baby. <laughs> but then uh, there's some finger picking, finger licking banjo. Yeah. How about that banjo? It's so good. I said, I, in my notes I wrote, we're at a metal hoedown now, baby. Yeehaw. I love a metal hoedown, man. Yep. I'm here for it. 100%. I'm all about it. It's it's these things that like, yeah, sort of like the, all we are, are crocodiles. Right. Vocal soundbite. That and the banjo and a couple of things sprinkled throughout the rest mm-hmm. of the CP. It's like, it's a little schmaltzy, like it's a little silly. And 
I think it works. Like, part of me kind of goes like, did you have to do that? And I kind of roll my eyes. But another part of me is excited that they they didn't hold back and they kind of like made some weirder creative choices. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, I, I think it, I think it totally works. I'm glad you think so. Again, it's like, it seems like they do a lot of these like drastic sort of stylistic or, or chord progression or rhythmic shifts about two thirds into their songs. Yep. Cause they do yeah, that. It's, again like, here. it's like in lieu of like a bridge. Right. You know, instead of yeah. like the, typical like pop structure right it's like well what can we do to like switch this up yeah so then they do like a major tempo change or almost like it's almost like a new song idea in a Mm -hmm. way um but that that drum like it, it it it's like a normal drum rhythm idea but then it turns into almost like a fill Mm -hmm. and then it's like a snare a really fast snare roll and then all of a sudden everything is just like frenzied and chaotic yeah and then it introduces that new idea yep which it like in any other genre it's like you would be scratching your head and going like is this the same song yeah but But for some reason it just it works yeah if if you think about it in context of like live performance Right. It is like an opportunity to like do something different from like an audience perspective. For sure. It adds to the drama Mm -hmm. live in the song. Yeah. And that guitar that comes in on that part, once it, once it kind of enters that new song idea Mm -hmm. and it's this more like, I don't, I don't want to call it laid back because nothing on this EP is laid back, but it, but it finally slows down from that frenetic like drum roll moment and then that guitar that comes in, what it made me think of was like almost like hints of like classic rock, like almost like Guns N' Roses or something. Yeah, for sure. But even more than that, like the tone and sort of the 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 line that was played m- reminded me so much of like their contemporaries, like As Cities Burn or like right. even like Me Without You, like era yeah, a little more of the like life. post-hardcore kind of stuff correct getting pulled in a lot of that like melodic like so much of this album is just noise in a way that it is really cool i think it i think they do a really good job of of finding that balance of that like chaos and like the technical melodic stuff that kind of comes in it's just like sprinkled in just enough to like keep you really interested Yes. As opposed yeah. to like some yeah. other bands that do like, like attack attack or something like that, that it's like all mm. breakdowns. Right. You know, and a lot of hardcore bands are like just breakdowns or, or just right. solos or just right. the noise. Like they actually do it. Like, I don't, I honestly, and like, this is a genre of music that I've been into for a long time and, and so sort of tangentially play i mean southern we were a lot more melodic like a lot more typical kind of song structure i Mm -hmm. literally like i cannot wrap my brain around how you write stuff like this dude me neither it is so outside of my realm of comprehension yeah as far as writing it goes yeah i mean like like lyrically and stuff yeah i guess i mean you could just kind of like write something and make it fit but like 
I guess I haven't played with enough people like this to like, like, cause I can't, I can't get a grasp on time signature or key mm-hmm. or anything like that, but it all like works together. Like I just, I don't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Me neither. And I, I'm so glad to hear you say that. Cause that's, that's so much my experience and I'm glad, I'm just glad I'm not alone like yeah. as a musician and like, you know, uh, not when I use the word prolific, I'm not trying to give myself a pat on the back, but just like, I can't not write music. Like right. I'm just always writing. Well, and you and I both have, I feel like written in a lot of different genres Styles. and stuff too. Right. Absolutely. And so, yeah, it's like, it's a little frustrating, but like mostly like kind of fascinating. <laughs> and I wonder if that's part of what kind of draws me to this music in a way. Yes. I'm, I'm so glad you said that. Um, that actually segues really well into track four, um, for me, if you are willing to move, move on into that. Kenny Gibbler. Um, Kenny Gibbler. Play the piano like a disease. Play it like a disease, which do you understand what that means? What are these? Is that a reference? Am I like missing something? Uh, Probably. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, um, this one, so you mentioned in the first half how some of these songs were um, redone versions from their first album. Mm -hmm. This one is actually a song that they redid for their following album, The Fiance. Um, And on that album, they called it, um, oh, I'm going to find it. Then Came to Kill, track seven. Cool. See, so this Um, is what I was talking about, why this EP is great. Like, it's a perfect bridge. Yes. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. Especially listening back to this album. Um, I listened to it twice and I really do see it as a, as an effective bridge. Like you, like you talked about, um, the difference between the version that's on this EP and the version on the fiance is the main difference I should say is that the version on the fiance has the, um, featured vocals of Haley Williams of Paramore. Oh yeah. And this version doesn't have that. And, um, this is going to be a super unpopular opinion, but I actually prefer this version. I mean, it's not unpopular with me. I like her. I think she's really, really, really great. She is. But the utilization of her vocals on the following album on that version of this song does not work for me. Yeah. It's distracting. I get it. That... It takes you away from both her vocals and from like what's going on in the song mm-hmm. and what Josh is doing vocally. Yeah, I feel like, but you know, I do like that they've like always tried to do something like that, you know, because mm-hmm. like they've had Aaron from Me Without You do like between yes. the first Norma Jean record and The Chariot and then Dan Smith from Listener. Uh, right. 
And I'm all about the collaboration aspect. For sure. Big fan of it. I'm not saying don't do it. Just this specific instance of it, for me personally, didn't work. Um, so, all that to say, to your point, this EP works so well because it gives gives the listener an opportunity he- to hear a song a different way, mm-hmm. right? Like this to hear is, this version I mean, of it. Obviously, like, Haley Williams didn't go on tour with them, so this is more likely, like, this probably was developed out of, like, the live version. Right. Yeah, I would say so. And I, um, I also think this song is the one that I was like vibing in the first half when I was like banging out a weird rhythm, mm-hmm. like kind of that arhythmic drum idea. Right. I think this is what I was thinking of. Um, cause it does a lot of that kind of random rhythmic idea yeah. stuff. I can see you getting like really into that like specifically based on like the kind of music you write and stuff too like getting into those like yeah like the arrhythmic kind of thing like almost like an anti-groove yes you know it's funny you say that because i actually i was i was very conflicted listening to this album or the cp i i was i was both constantly like fascinated by it and immersed in it in a, in a really fun way and also irritated by it. And, really? and I had this revelation that, that I think that's why metal's hard for me and why I only listen to specific metal. I think it's two things. I think that if a band does too much of that really arrhythmic stuff where it's like anti-groove or like an idea that's just very contained and then all of a sudden you go to a new idea that's contained and then a new idea that's contained. It's not really like a, a song that has an arc that you can mm-hmm. groove to as a listener. Right. If there's too much of that going on, it actually takes me out of the song in the same way that like, uh, what is it? The uncanny Valley with mm-hmm. like graphics can kind of take you out of a, a scene in a movie or something. Right. Um, if there's too much kind of like weird, like, you know, cerebral, mathy, arrhythmic stuff going on. And, and, and I know it sounds weird because I, as you know, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of jazz. Like I have immense respect for jazz drummers and I feel like metal and jazz actually share a lot of that technical uh, skill in common. Yeah. And so, but what I love about this EP is, um, it seems to do as much of that as I personally can stand and yeah. then it evolves into something that has a groove or a mm-hmm. vibe that, that I can really track with and I can kind of sink my teeth into right. as a listener. And then the other reason that I have tr- trouble with, with metal, I realized listening to this EP is because as we've talked about a lot on this podcast, I'm such a lyrics guy that if the production with with an album puts the vocals in kind of a further back spot or just the mix is mushy or busy and I can't really make out what they're saying. And also metal in general is screamy, shouty music. This is a vibe. Then I can't hook into it. Right. You know, like I can't. And then, and then I'm just not interested. So I had that realization listening to the CP. It was super helpful for me because it was like, Oh, these are the two reasons why metal is a challenging genre for me. But 
why I'm like excited to dig into some of these other metal albums that I'm sure we'll get into because it'll help me see it through a new lens, you know, and maybe appreciate some of those things. For sure. Yeah, dude, that totally makes sense to me. Yeah, I've never known. I'm already really bad with lyrics, but I've never known any lyrics to any metal songs, even like mm-hmm. my favorite metal songs that like even Del Sur? Especially Del Sur. <laughs> Del Sur was the band Callan played drums yeah. in, by the way, that he mentioned earlier. I know. So Josh wrote most of the lyrics for Del Sur at the beginning, and then Joe came on board. And uh, I know all of their lyrics are really good. Nice. But that yeah, helps. I just, I don't know any lyrics to any metal songs. That like just does not matter to me at all. Right. Yeah. And I do think going track by track and reading through the lyrics of this EP helped me understand it and wrap my brain around it a little more. And, you know, it was, it was sitting with each song and doing that and kind of breaking it down lyrically that helped me come at it from a perspective of, Oh, this is like cinema or, you know, a, a great novel. Like, there's there's substance here right because there is to right. a lot of these songs for sure like even the end of this one kenny gibbler the the end is very grand and like cinematic like mm-hmm. it gets into that groove and it has that really cool guitar line and then it does that kind of percussive um squelching squealing outro like yeah it it I think it draws the listener in if 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 the listener's willing to go to that weird place. Right, for sure. I mean that's about all I got for that though. Yeah, me too. Um so let's move on to track five, Sergeant Savage. I, I'm not just saying this because it's my namesake, but I think this is probably my favorite song on the record. Oh, no way. Yeah. It it wastes no time getting into the riff. Yep. It's, just it's like, so good. It's so good with that, that guitar. And then this one's got like, probably like my favorite breakdown. Mm-hmm. How do you like that it it is so immediately satisfying? Like this, I mean relatively speaking right it's only track five but it's the second to last track in the ep how do you like that it just gets right into it that late in the ep i know you're the one that a lot of times you have song fatigue did you notice that and think like this is great they're not wasting any time well on track five if i'm being honest my first listen through i didn't even distinguish between songs <laughs> Oh no, I'm actually glad you said that cuz I had a, a similar thought. I cuz it was thinking back on the songs, I couldn't tell you which which one had which like riff or rhythmic idea or anything. Right. Cuz there's like there's a certain point I don't remember where it was in the record. I was like, "Oh, this song took a turn. That's really cool." And I looked and it was just like it was a whole new track. <laughs> right. And that's kind of the beauty of this EP, I think. Like the further in it I get, the more I feel like it all is kind of just one big work. Yeah. In a sense. It's like a set. Which, it's which like a live is what set. blows like, my mind. Like, and it just kind of. Yeah. If that's what blows my mind about you telling me that it was four tracks from the first album and right. two from the upcoming album. Like it, 
knowing that actually kind of like pulls the veil back mm-hmm. and but without knowing that i would be like this is such an intentionally crafted like from start to finish conceptual work almost. right yeah you know to the to the ep's credit yeah dude no i think it's so good also when it when it goes between the the straight like slower punk beat mm-hmm. kind of again it was like two-thirds in where it does that that felt to me like comeback kid yeah for sure you know kind of old school punk yep i was way into it also he says don't say 24 times that's a lot what should what should they not say don't say nothing (laughs) do you know no i really don't know i don't know if it's important that's what i'm talking about as the vibe guy i don't know if it's important can I read the lyrics for you and then see if you feel the same way? Okay. So he says, this world is a stage, broken bones, no regrets. This world is the stage and everyone seems to have their opinion. Stick around, stay for a while. Choking on someone else's blood and the fingertips of God. So stick around and let me tell you about it. Far too many don't have the guts to say it. And then he says, don't say 24 times. Okay, so then is he like the don't say from the perspective of the people that don't have the guts to say anything? No, I think he's saying like, he's like talking to himself. Okay. He's like, he's like, no one else will say it, so you shouldn't either. But he kind of is saying, I should say. Okay. But he knows it's like an unpopular opinion. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know, man. I kind of wonder if like, this is this is a hot take. There, there's no there's no substance or like factual information that can back up what I'm about to say. But I kind of wonder if Mr. Skogan Skogan was on a like a deconstructing path, and he was like, "Don't say it! Don't say it! Don't say it! Don't say it, Josh! Don't say it! Don't say it!" Because he's like wrestling with some stuff. Interesting. Yeah. I'm just thro- I'm throwing that out at you at the listeners and I'm I'm questioning I'm questioning I, the universe. I can see that. I mean, that's a good interpretation. We should ask him. Let's ask him. Hey Josh. Hey Josh, hit us up. Okay, so what I was saying earlier just happened to me now. I'm listening to this album back on Spotify and I've it's already gone through the whole EP and gone into tracks from the fiance and I just had no clue. <laughs> it still sounds like the same music. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That, that speaks to consistency. That's true. I think. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. So before we, I mean, cause we're on the last track, man. Is Yeah. Is, track six. Is a quick, I mean, do you have anything else? Like, we nope. want to get to before we get to that last track? No. All right. So what is the last track, TJ? Mr. Downey Cash. This one feels like a lot of things, but one thing I seem to notice pretty glaringly is it's like a critique of like gun violence, Mm -hmm. God, guns and country. For sure. That kind of thing. 
the pistol is my ministry is just like i mean that's just a good line it is a good line like regardless of how you feel about any like that's just like poetically that's just a good line i think he knows it too because he repeats it a lot (laughs) yes he does and how about that circus organ kyle oh love it man yeah you here for it i love it i'm into it anything that's like different especially in this genre yeah like so anything that's in this critique of like the gods and guns and country kind of thing if if that's what he's saying i'm i'm you know assuming a lot but whatever he's saying with this song i wonder if the inclusion of the circus organ is his way of like saying that this thing that he's critiquing is like a joke right commenting on like like, the silliness of yeah right i think so or trying to present it as this like topsy-turvy world right that we live in it's like a circus nothing makes sense Uh yeah it is interesting like you were saying before of like conceptually how well all these songs kind of go together and you know to be fair like we said before like there's not a lot of lyrics Right. Um, but I kind of like that. I kind of like that mm-hmm. each of them, I mean, you understand, like, like when you read the lyrics, like you understand what each song is about with, with the exception of, um, uh, with the exception of what song did I say? I think Phil Cosby. Yeah. With the exception of that, that doesn't really feel like it's saying much. Phil's right. Kinda, but yeah, they all kind of go together really well. I right. Mean, it's like. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Here we go. 16 minutes in and out. That's right. Yeah, I really like that. Um, Another thing I enjoyed toward the end of this song was the the way, the different way that he says figure eight. Mm -hmm. Um, He like plays with the delivery rhythmically. It's like figure eight, figure eight, figure eight. Mm -hmm. And he kind of mixes it up, which which I think the first time I heard that, I probably like hated it. Like I probably rejected that as a good, a quote unquote, like good creative idea. But the more I hear it, the more I like it. The more you're into it. You know, like you want, you want it to be like the pop ear wants to hear a song that it can pretty immediately like sing along to Mm -hmm. and understand and be able to wrap its brain around melodically and rhythmically. But a lot of the stuff in the CP is like raging against that very idea. Yeah. And, and that's fun, you know, like in a way it's, it's really, there's kind of like a humor in it. It's kind of like winking at you a little bit. Like you got to listen to me about seven times before you really figure out what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I kind of like it. Yeah. Well, cool. you know, I think we've kind of played our hands throughout this. Uh, oh, you think so? Yeah. So is there anything we want to talk about before we give our final verdict? I don't think so, man. I think too, because th- there's a lot of stuff that I initially wanted to come into this, wanted to talk about, but I know we want to try to keep this a, kind of a shorter episode. And I know for a fact, we're going to talk about a lot more of this sort of era of yeah, Christian metal core. Right. That we can probably get into more of the, things I wanted to talk about so for sure yeah you know I think maybe much like this EP we can kind of just like 
keep it short and sweet. Yeah, just like in and out. So what do you think, TJ? Is this a flop or a bop? I'm going to say that this EP, for all its chaos and frenzied energy, is a very succinct, well-executed, metal-tastic bop. I get it, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of agree. I know that... You think so? Well, my initial thought, I think, is still correct. Mm -hmm. Because I think in our chronology, if we listen to some other stuff, I don't know if it hits me as hard like if I right would enjoy it as more because I know we've talked about before like our criteria for our things of flop or bop are a little bit different for me a big part is like how much does this contribute you know musically to either the band right. or a genre or a time period for but sure actually actually no you know what I take all that back because I think in terms of of what this EP did for the chariot, I think is right. Really important. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what I was going to say is what you, what you helped me see is that it's this really nice bridge piece Mm -hmm. and it really helped them kind of come into their own, figure themselves out stylistically and land somewhere confident. And I think for that, it deserves every square inch of its boppery. Boppery. I was going to say boptitude. (laughs) Boptitude. Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Well, hey, I think that's it. I think my baby's waking up, so I'm going to keep this short. Does Willow think it's a bop? Yeah. 100%. Hey, thanks for listening to Volume 7. Everybody, really appreciate you hanging in there. You've made it to the end. Congratulations. Here's a sonic high five. Here's a punk kick. I just slap my microphone yeah punk kicks um if you if you liked what you heard if you thought it was just the most outrageous thing and you want to yell at us on the internet we have ways for you to do that we're we're at church jams now podcast on facebook i think it's just church jams now on instagram and i think we have a twitter but i'm not on twitter so i don't know anything about that we do have a twitter but (laughs) i mostly use it just to message lead singers of bands we talk about right on i think it's pod it's it's jams underscore now nice so yell at us on social media rate review subscribe like do cartwheels interpretive dance do all the things mosh you're not gonna say mosh on this episode i was waiting for you no yeah um and keep an eye out for volume eight coming at you yeah it is it's gonna be good we still we don't know what it's gonna be yet surprise i love surprises we're super professional (laughs) well thanks for tuning in we'll see you next time this has been another uh jam-tacular episode of church Church jams Jams. no No. (laughs) we'll get that down one day